What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Marlboro Show. Today we are with Doug Clements. He is running for the one-on-one district uh, against Frank Ryan, a state representative, Frank Ryan. So, uh, Doug, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to, to speak to you and to yeah. get to, to, to speak to all of your uh, your people so yeah. that they get to know me a little better. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So, yeah, one of the things that I want to make clear for people is that the main audience for the podcast is actually Lebanon, PA, Lebanon County. So uh, it's really cool that we are able to reach people around here um, and, you know, expose or give exposure to, to people who definitely deserve that. So, Doug, can you tell me a little bit about you and your experience, your life, who you are? Sure. I'm a retired veterinarian. I practiced veterinary medicine uh, first starting in Lebanon County about 35 and a half years ago. Uh, and I grew my practices out. I owned a practice in Harrisburg, a practice in Mechanicsburg, a practice in Pine Grove. And then we added things like rehabilitation centers and imaging centers. And um, we were kind of the king of veterinary medicine in, in the region <laughs> yeah. for 35 years. And uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, I retired and sold my practices. It was, I'm, I'm getting to the point where running around 70 hours a week was a little, little crazy and insane. <laughs> yeah. So I basically was going to retire and uh, mm. do the things that, that I liked. I, I started beekeeping and I want to, to bee farm and, um, play with my farm yeah. and all these other little projects that you said there'll be a day when I can get to do that. <laughs> First year that I've got a garden that looks halfway decent, not a, not a wheat patch. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but um, didn't really anticipate getting into politics. Wow. Uh, didn't really think that that was something that would interest me, except for the fact that I started hearing things like um, my opponent, Frank Ryan, uh, was proposing that we eliminate school taxes by taxing the retirement income of senior mm. citizens. Now, don't get me wrong. I think school taxes are repressive, and I think that they depress an area yep. because they're high, yeah. and then come school tax time, people have to decide, is it going to be my school taxes, or am I going to put new siding on the house, or mm -hmm. is it going to be my school taxes and stone windows? You get my point. Is that School taxes take a big chunk of your, your annual income. So I do think that we can eliminate school taxes. I've been in states that don't tax property for uh, education, and they do it very successfully. Uh, I just don't think that we want to switch the burden from property tax mm -hmm. to senior citizens. That just seems like we're straddling another group of people with um, a, a tax that they might not have the capacity to recover from. Now, I, I know a lot of senior citizens. Most of them are dog owners or cat owners, what have you, and I've seen them over the years. No. Uh, you have to be really cautious with what you do with them because they're 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 living a little closer to the cloth than, than mm. you and I. Mm. So that that kind of got me started. I, I, I thought, you know, uh, <laughs> then looking a little, little closer at things, yeah. I, I, I saw other issues where um, I'm hearing people say, we're the party of controlling taxes. Mm. Uh, and yet, when you start looking at things like that $80 billion of unfunded budget, mm. it's like, well, if you guys were controlling taxes and you were conservative fiscally, how did you allow $80 billion of mm -hmm. debt to occur? And, and I, then that and others, when you start looking at, you say, wait a minute, this is, is time for a change. I for 35 years, the state of Pennsylvania has either had a bicameral or a tricameral rule mm -hmm. uh, by one party. Yeah. So they've controlled the House and the Senate 
and often even the mayor, the governor's office. Mm. And, and so if that's the case, then why are we in such a yeah. financial pickle? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. And, and um, I don't want to interrupt you, but, but one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, was there anybody else um, thinking of running against Frank Ryan when you decided to run against him? Because I've heard cases where like um, people who are on the other side of the spectrum running from the, the Republican side sometimes don't even face an opposition. Um, so I just want to know if, if that was the case with you. Well, I think that there were there were one or two people that were talking it. Okay. But I don't think that it, it, it got beyond an exploratory level. Um Unfortunately, when I started talking to my Democratic friends that wanted me to run, yeah. they started looking at me with a kind of an awkward eye saying, some of the things that come out of your mouth sound a little more Republican. Uh. Than <laughs> But I, 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 I do pride myself more on being a centrist, yeah. not a leftist, not a rightist. I don't, I don't adhere to a, a, a total party dogma. Mm. And, and so uh, as a representative, I will probably break some hearts because I won't vote strict party lines. Yeah. I will vote what I think in my best common sense is good for the county yeah. and good good for the people of the county. Yeah, that that makes total sense. And and I, it's a, it's interesting to me that you said that you were not planning on, on doing this, but you felt the need, the, the duty to actually step up and, and say, hey, guys, like we can't keep this to continue so um tell me about your experience right now with with um you know campaigning and the things that you have seen your opponent do that you feel that like this is not right and it shouldn't be done that way well i have to admit that this is the easiest campaign season of the year no i'm just kidding <laughs> I, I, i don't think that any any other candidate has ever seen anything mm -mm. like campaigning in the covid crisis because nope that you can't go door to door. Nope. I and mean, so, you know, you usually start out a campaign with introducing yourself to people. And, and of course the big thing is, is that um, you start asking for dollar bills because campaigns mm -hmm. are, are outrageously expensive. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is shocking how much it costs to, to campaign for political office wow. in this country today. You know I mean? Mailers are expensive, three or four thousand dollars a clip, and you know posters are expensive, six and seven thousand dollars a clip, and you you know you pay for people to do this, and so it's not uncommon to quickly you know hit fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars for state office. So, wow. um, but how could you possibly call people who have just been furloughed from their jobs and ask them for a campaign? That is tough. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. that that would be horrible. I, yeah. I could I couldn't possibly do that. Yeah. You know, I, I I used to see clients in in my office that I knew uh, they 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 virtually were living hand to mouth, and and you always tried to adjust things to try to to, yeah. to really accommodate them because yeah. you know they were nice people, but and they were trying to do the right thing, but they just didn't have the money to do it. Well, we're in that kind of time right now, so you can't ask them for money, um, and everybody was absolutely petrified and so you know they didn't really know know what to say so we i mean basically at least you know hammering them from a campaign point of view uh we we laid laid low mm -hmm. but i think we've seen some interesting things from from my opponent and and his cohorts here in in Lebanon county um and it started almost from the very beginning Yeah. Right, that we, you know, the governor said that we have to uh, shut things down and we have to 
uh, closed the schools down, and immediately the fur started flying where they were taking him to the PA court. They were passing bills to try to end the resolution. They were taking him to the Supreme Court. And, 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 and that was just, it, it was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, now, I don't want anybody to believe that I think that the governor did everything right. Yeah. But then I don't know where his playbook was because I don't yeah. think anybody had a playbook. And so he yeah. made he made mistakes. I think I've heard him say several times that, yeah, you know, there wasn't everything probably done correctly. Yeah. It would have been so much nicer had they all settled down and said, hey, let's all sit down in a big room and have a long talk and see if we can't do what's right yeah. by Pennsylvania. It, it, that's what I think is is totally absent in in the legislature today is, is yeah. that there, there there isn't a single one that really demonstrates any leadership. Mm, that's so interesting. I know I asked you already this um, in, in a private occasion through through Messenger on Facebook, but but would you define leadership in your own perspective? Sure. I mean, in, in my mind, leadership is or a good leader is somebody who tries to get people from where they are to where they have to be. And he does it with a sense of conviction, a sense of compassion and doing it from what is just and right. And, and a good leader does all of those things, trying to achieve unity and harmony for the greater good of all the people that are there. Mm. And, and, and I don't, I, I don't see them doing that. I don't mm. see, I don't see the, the conviction of the compassion. Mm. Uh, and I certainly don't see the unity or the harmony. Yeah. Uh, and we're not going for the, the greater good of all. We're going for the greater good of those in business. Yeah. And, and I think that that speaks very poorly for uh, what their goals are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have to agree with you on that. And, and, and it's interesting that you brought that up because, um, it's definitely sad. Like I'm, I'm 24 years old, and I'm looking at these people who are in those positions of leadership locally right now, the elected officials, and they are not like they are not representing what true leadership is. You know what I mean? And and they know how I feel about it. You know, from from stuff they have seen online, but also it's simply. Um, it's it's a shame that as a 24 year old man, when I look at them, I, like there's something missing. You know what I mean? And so when I see people like you, for example, and Matt Duvall, um, who's running against uh, Rose Diamond, um, I see people who genuinely are looking to bring change because it's needed. So I want to talk to you about that. You know, what are some of the things that um, you would like to see happening in your district? That yeah, is not happening. Right I, now. I, I have to agree with you. I mean, I, I think that there's just there's you get that sense that there's just no compassion. Mm -hmm. And it's just all about money, 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 money. And, and I don't like that. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I mean, that, uh, that there, there needs to be things in in Pennsylvania and in my district that need to be done differently. And, and we see that my opponent, uh, Frank Ryan, uh, is writing all the time about the economic devastation and the debt of Pennsylvania, etc. And, and yet, I don't see anything that they're doing. Oh, um, mm -hmm. I don't see anything that they're doing to um, really make any change to that. 
I think that as I look over the the horizon of Pennsylvania, I see a legislature that is loaded. Mm. I see a legislature that is secretive. I see a legislature that has uh, huge expense accounts and we're, we're throwing a ton of money at a whole bunch of people that just seem to be wandering around them. I mean, if you've ever been in the, in the Capitol building, I've it, just, been there, yeah. it, it just seems like it's a, a constant stream of people wandering around and you're wondering where, where are all these people going because <laughs> they're just holding papers wandering around. Yeah. And, and you start thinking about that and it's that on a calculator that adds up pretty quick to money that you and I are paying them, yeah. but money that could also be utilized to uh, revitalize our communities. And I think that that's the thing that we need to do. Yeah. So, of course, my first change is the school tax thing. I, I, yeah. I think that we need to eliminate property as a source of school income. Yeah. And I think that that will help revitalize a lot of our communities. True. And, and that money put into the communities will further uh, revitalize the businesses in them. Because if you think that people start doing things like rebuilding their houses, remodeling their houses, you know, and, and, and stuff like that, um, then the businesses in the community start to profit. So yeah. you take away the school tax, the money stays here locally, the houses get rebuilt, the communities uh, re get restored to the, their, yeah. their you know, former day luster, yeah. and yet we, we stoke the engine of local business. But to further save money, I think that we, we need to really consider looking at the legislature hardcore. Yeah. Uh, and by hardcore, I mean, we're the 33rd largest state in the union, we have the fifth largest population, but we have the second largest legislature and the highest paid legislature yep. in the United States. This is like 80, 89,000 89, like blah, blah. Yeah. You know, and that's just your salary. Yep. That doesn't include if you're taking a pension. That doesn't include your health care. That doesn't include your per diem if you're getting one. It doesn't include monies that you get paid for if you're doing extra committees. It doesn't include the money that you have for your, your district office, etc. I mean, it, it really gets out of hand. Once oh, you look wow. at it. Yeah, it really gets out of hand. And then we're just talking about the district office. Of course, then when you're there in Harrisburg, you've got, you know, handmaidens that, that are, are, are taking care of you all day long. Yep. So I really think that seriously, we need to cut the legislature in half. Mm -hmm. I, I think we need to go from 203 representatives down to about 103. We need to go from 50 senators uh, down to about 25. And and I think the net savings to the state is is probably several billion dollars oh, by, yeah. by, the, by the time that that's all done. Yeah. Okay. And that we can we can take that money right there and pump it back into the education system mm. and cover all those unfunded programs that they have choked on top of the school districts that the school districts are trying to hustle now and find money for. It. Yep. You know, I mean, we send kids out to charter schools. And we have to, the, the school district has to bus them up to 10 miles away hmm. and they have to pay for that. The, the local school district has to pay for all the transportation uh, for its students now in general. And, and then, you know, start talking about the special education programs. I mean, the, the state passes mandates on what they have to do, no money to fund it. Mm -hmm. So then, <laughs> then you hear, you know, that, that the, in the local school districts, they're fighting about, you know, they're, they're going to increase our taxes 3% again. Um, mm. Yeah, they're going to increase it 3% again because the state, the state backs out about 10% a year. It seems like. wow. So that, that, that needs to change. I think we need to cut them down. I think yeah. that what that'll do is, is, is that it'll save us money in their salaries and perks, etc. Yeah. Plus, the other thing is, is, is that we have a heck of a lot of less of those guys out there with their hands out uh, to all the lobbyists uh, trying to 
you know, crank up for their cause. Yeah. And I think maybe less people that work better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know that you have, um, you have a logic behind that based on your experience in business and how you were able to manage, you know, the, the business that you had for, for the longest time. Exactly. Um, so it's not like you're just saying this as an idea, but you actually have seen how you can, um, cut down or, or not has a, have as many personnel and still be able to, to manage, uh, uh, you know, big enterprise. Right. If, if you're top heavy in management, And then everybody else below them is getting paid lower dollars. The, the net output is, is really low. But if you're lean in management and the, the, the whole unit becomes a team and everybody sees that they're working together, that the productivity is, is fantastic. It, it just it, it really cranks out. And, and I think that that's the problem. And I would further take that into the school systems. Yeah. I, I don't think that most people recognize that we have 500 school districts in the state of Pennsylvania. That's over. 67 <laughs> counties and 500 school districts. You know, there are counties in the western and particularly in the, in the northwestern part of Pennsylvania that uh, they probably should have one school district for three counties mm. because that's how unpopulated and rural the areas are. Wow. Now, and, and I'm not saying that, that we should have one school district for every county that might not be a formula that will fit for all. Yeah. I can't see one school district for the, the city of Philadelphia. I can't see one school district for the city uh, of Harrisburg. Yeah. Might not be, be workable here in, in, in Lebanon. I'm not, I'm not really sure of the The, the, the overall size so mm -hmm. but there are other places where we can greatly consolidate and get rid of all of the the the, the supervisor the principal the vice principal the, the vice principal to the vice principal yep. and, and all of the, the support staff and we can have a supervisor a principal and then have vice principals in the individual schools And, you know, a vice principal doesn't make as much as a, 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 as a principal. Yeah. And a principal doesn't make as, as much as a, as a supervisor. So just by consolidating and restructuring, I think that we could probably save, at least save the state maybe close to $20 or $30 billion. Yeah. And it's something that I want to clarify for everybody who's hearing, like, You, you're somebody who is highly educated. I mean, you went to school for to become a, you're a doctor. Correct. You know, and so it's not like, you know. Don't look at me shocked like that uh, because people all think that veterinarians are doctors, uh, but we, we get the same education. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you are somebody who's constantly educating yourself. You understand the importance of really looking at issues, not just from a, an ideal point of view, but technic like technical point of view, because you, you have to be hands-on, hands basically, with what you do, uh, or did at least for, for the amount of time you did it. So that being said, um, that's not something I've seen with, with you know our local officials. So I was saying, um, I haven't seen, one of the things that I haven't seen with our local officials is that they don't seem like people who have taken the time to educate themselves Uh, I don't know about Frank Ryan. I'm pretty sure I know uh, Ross Diamond's story because I've had him on the podcast before. I really found out who he was, um, and and I know the story behind him. But but still, though, what I'm trying to say is like we need people who who are educated people who are able to really see things beyond just um, their their what they think it's right. 
and they actually have taken the time to, to learn and study. Um, so in your opinion, um, do you think that like maybe just maybe we need to have local officials who, who definitely have some type of educational background? Because I know you are a doctor. Also, Matt Duval is a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think we have the current ones that we have are not anywhere near any type of high education. Like I, I, I'm not I'm not sure about I, I don't want to say that you have to have a doctorate. No, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want people to think, well, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty high and mighty on himself. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, I've seen very highly educated people sometimes not be very practical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So sometimes the, the, the degree of education does not definitely, um, explain the, 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 the amount of common sense that a person has. Mm. But I, I do think that, there has to be a, a, a fair degree uh, of experience in the world. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I have nothing to say in the negative about Frank Ryan's character. He's, he's had a, a stellar career. Mm -hmm. um, he, he made his way um, through the Marines. Uh, he has, uh, you know, a strong accounting degree. He's got a strong accounting practice. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, think he's uneducated that's not that's not what what i think that we have going on there yeah i just think that what his, do we have going on i think his i think his thinking is just wrong-headed mm -hmm. I, I i don't i i think that it's it's too geared towards the ideology of his party and to the belief of the right and that he can't see that look There, there, there might be other point of views to look at and is unwilling to look at them. I just looked at, um, I don't know if you saw one of his posts today. Mm -hmm. he, he is supporting the bill that pretty much puts the ax to carbon tax. I mean, mm. and I, I've been a climate freak and an alternative energy freak since probably uh, I'm 17 or 18. I, I told this story on, on Laura Lebeau show. I have two 40-foot by 80-foot solar arrays on my oh, farm, wow. and I pretty much don't have an electric bill. Now, I don't have batteries. I don't store at night because when I put them in in 2000, battery technology was yeah. was pretty awful. Getting better still not quite there. Yeah. But, and I think that we can do a lot more of that in the, in, in the environment, put in, you know, alternative energy. Um, But as we were talking before, we're not going to do that overnight. It's going to take it's us some process. time to get there. Yeah. yeah, it's going to take us some time to get there. It's going to, going to be one step at a time. But carbon tax, in my mind, is the one thing that will make industry and businesses get off the fossil fuel binge. Okay? Because as they start to have to pay a carbon tax for the carbon that they're putting into the environment, Yeah. then they will start recognizing there might be better ways to do this. Mm. And that's just a, a, an, another example of the wrong-headed thinking. I, I, don't, I don't think he looks at the, 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 the both sides, the pros and the yeah. cons of it, and weighs it out. Because I think if you weighed it out a little bit and you look at it, you'd say, well, it's pretty – I mean, from a business sense, if you were a business person and somebody said, well, look, if you're going to use fossil fuels and, and, and put carbon in the environment, we're going to tax you – Well, of course, I'd probably say, heck no, mm -hmm. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the only side that he ever looks at. Mm. So I, I think that he just, he does wrong-headed things. Like his approach to the COVID crisis, I, I, I think it's just wrong-headed. Yeah. I, 
How would you have approached this situation? I, you know, that's interesting because Laura asked me the same thing. The other yeah. day. I, I think on day one, and 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 I, I heard Laura said, well, you know, the, the governor bombed them at eight o'clock at night instead of five o'clock when they were there. And I said, yeah, but I guess I understand why the governor did that because they haven't had a, a, a peaceful relationship the whole time that he's been there. I mean, it's been pretty negative. Yeah. So uh, he just decided I'll bomb them at eight o'clock and then they can't say anything until the next day. I said, that's political nonsense. And I said, and those are the games that politicians play. And I yeah. said, it's, it's shameful. It's shameful on both sides when they play, For play sure. that. I said, but a big man would have said, all right, we get it. Um, but now that part of it's over, let's all sit down in a room and let's see if we can't discuss how is this going to go? What are we going to do? Where are we going to get our PPE? Uh, who, who's going to stay open and who isn't? You know, because there were, a lot of businesses that probably could have stayed open that didn't. Yeah. And that was kind of shameful. Yeah. You know, I, you, unfortunately, uh, one of the biggest businesses that probably couldn't stay open was the bar industry. And I think we're headed for, unfortunately, they're going to get closed again. Yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. It I, seems like it. You know, unfortunately, people go to bars to, to drink and socialize and when they drink they socialize a lot closer and, yeah. and unfortunately that's how the virus gets spread yep uh, a lot of viruses get spread there <laughs> definitely definitely I, I, and it's um i like the idea that um you understand that it's important to sit down and have these conversations instead of just going all the way to whatever the party's saying which is one of the things that i've seen a lot locally too is They, they're just saying what their party's saying. They're not really they're not really taking the time to think independently beyond whatever the party's saying. Because it doesn't matter what the party's saying. If it if it's not right, it doesn't mean you have to support it just because you belong to that party. Exactly. And, and, and 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 you know, if I put myself in their shoes and try to understand their point of view, I will say, well, you don't want to lose, you know, popularity and, and whatever else that comes from not agreeing with the party because you belong to it. Um, but that, but, but what's the point of that if at the end of the day, your constituents, not just a group of them, the, your constituents as a, as a whole, uh, so, or uh, a large are complaining about the approach that you're taking on this whole situation. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and, and so basically you're just throwing red meat to your base. That's all you're doing. You just keep, you just keep feeding your base. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe their base. I, I again, I'm, 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 I'm new at all of this, so maybe their base is so huge that they can, they, they can buy, buy whole cows and chop them up and feed their base. Yeah. That way. I, I don't, I, I don't know. But that, I, I just have to agree with you that if, if you don't really have the conviction that that's the right decision, then you shouldn't agree with the party. You, sh you just shouldn't. Um, And, and, and I think that the, the net result of it is what we're seeing is, is is that we actually end up having two viruses. We have the virus of science and we have the virus of opinion. Mm. And, and, you know, we all know what the virus of science is. I mean, we, you know, we know the spread. We know the time frame. You know, we know who, hit, who it hits the hardest, what kind of symptoms there are. We even know that, you know, that some people are asymptomatic and they'll get away scot-free, but other people are asymptomatic and they'll end up with ground glass lung. Yeah. We, we, you know, we, we know now, you know, we're hearing, we're hearing more and more stories about, you know, everybody was preaching 
well, at least maybe we can get some herd immunity. And you hear them saying eh, that immunity might not last as long as we thought it did because it's things. And, and, and again, I know this virus. I was a veterinarian. Veterinarians mm. have been dealing with coronavirus in animals for 40 oh, or 50 wow. years. Yeah. 2014, 2015, uh, 8 million swine in the United States died from uh, porcine epidemic diarrhea. Yep. That was a coronavirus. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and it, it spread like wildfire. It just spread. Wow. Just, just like coronavirus in humans is spreading. It spread like wildfire. Wow. Other thing that we know is is that it's fairly mutable. It it will change uh, fairly rapidly to adapt wow. itself to be able to, to do what it needs to do. Yeah. Wow. So you really have an understanding of uh, how this works um, as a whole. I, I I have a I have a pretty good understanding of coronavirus because yeah. it was one of those viruses that would stick its tongue at us and say, uh, "You can't defeat me." And, and many times, unfortunately. It was right. We couldn't defeat them. Coronavirus in cats is is yeah. unfortunately some forms are are extremely fatal. Now, do you, do you think that we're gonna be going through this longer than people think we are? I do. I that's, do. That's the impression I have I, as well. I, I do. I, I I honestly do. You know, if if this were 1917, 1918, and we were dealing with the Spanish flu. You know that the Spanish flu just wasn't 1917, 1918. Mm. It was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, five years. Yeah. Wow. There are actually pictures here in around Lebanon in, in uh, of the 20s, uh, mid 20s, where people are are at the old baseball stadium wearing masks. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be here longer. Now, The difference between the, the, the 1920s and the 2020s is that our science has made a, a, a very large leap. You know, in 1920, they thought that was a bacteria uh, and they were they were given bacterial drugs for it, and et cetera. And they had they really had very limited understanding of viruses. And we have a we have a, a, a yeah. much better understanding of it. Our science has progressed. Yeah. And so we may be able to shorten that time frame with the vaccine. Probably not this year. I mean, not safely this year. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I think once before was that the swine flu that we jammed a virus through and yeah. uh, the, the vaccine was worse than the disease. <laughs> you know, I, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, oh, man. But that, then what ends up happening is, though, fortunately you have, you have people that, that truly believe in the science. And right now, The science says there are about three or four basic things that you and I can do that will keep this at a low minimum. What you know, are those things? Keep apart from each other. Wash your hands. Uh, wear your mask. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, those are those are the, the the things that if you can do those mm -hmm. on a regular basis, stay away from big crowds, mm -hmm. then you're probably gonna gonna be okay and you'll yeah. do just fine. But then you know you have the the the, the people of opinions. Well. A mask is a hoax because it doesn't protect you. Well, if you go back and look at the science, a mask is not to protect you. It's to protect others from you, okay? So that you're not breathing your plume of air and your water droplets on them. So if I wear a mask, I'm protecting you. If you're wearing, if you're not wearing a mask, then I guess it kind of says, you don't give yeah. a darn about me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's a hoax. Uh, well, 
the virus is only going to kill 1% of the population. Well, 1% of, uh, I think the last I looked was 300 and and, and 90 million people. That's a that's that's a that's a bunch of people that right there to be killed. People, right, yeah. that that's a lot of people to be killed. Yeah. But what they don't recognize is that the science says that's correct. Probably only one percent of the people are going to die. Fifteen to twenty-five percent are going to end up with lifelong health debilitations. <laughs> I, it, it problems with breathing, problems with joint inflammation brain damage, I mean, all of those things. And who's going to end up paying that bill in the long run? Mm. The taxpayers are because mm. that's going to that's gonna fall under health care. So, you know, the, the, those basic things that we could do now mm. to try to keep it under control might in the long run end up saving you tax dollars. And, you know, all the other stuff that you hear that the, they hear them saying. I want to ask you, Doug, why do you feel that Especially, I'm going to focus on, on, on our local officials. They just don't seem to care what the, the, the doctors and the professionals are saying. And instead, of they're, 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 they're acting like they know how this works. You know, like, I, I just don't understand how can somebody think that they know what to say to people about a disease that, first of all, they're not doctors. They don't, like, you know, they're not in the medical field. So, right. so. If you were, and, and I, I mean, you already said part of that, but if you were in the position of a local official here in London, PA, and you had to communicate to people why it is important to wear masks, how would you communicate that? Well, that's the thing that, that we, we went back and we touched on that leadership thing is, is that that's where people are is, is that they, they, they were faced with that virus and they were frightened about it. I mean, and, you know, then there are all the stories about the Spanish flu and people dying in 36 hours. And yeah, I, I would say that if I was part of the general public and had had no medical knowledge whatsoever, uh, I'd be pretty anxious and I'd be pretty frightened. And I think that that's what a leader has to do is they have to take them from that frightened stage and they have to reassure them that we're going to get over here safely mm. and we're going to do it by following these people in the know not me because well maybe maybe me because i know a little bit more about it but yeah, yeah, certainly yeah. not not some of those people who really didn't have a true insight to what we were looking at as the virus and, and that's i think that that's a i think that's a, a it, it's like his tax program taxing senior citizens is it's ill-conceived to think that i'll just tell people something and they'll be happy with it because Um, yeah, you can throw it against the wall and some of it will stick, but eventually it dries up and falls off, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think that, I think that people are starting to, to, to see that. I, I, I think that the coronavirus crisis has peeled back the, the, the top on a lot of stuff in this country yep. that people are finally saying, you know, wait a minute, that, that, that's not right. Yeah. It's got to change. Yeah. 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 I, um, I wanna I wanna thank you for the fact that you um you're so honest about you know the whole situation and also um you have a vision of what you know can change in a local level. Um you, like it, there's a difference between sitting down with somebody who understands the importance of listening to science. And then listening to somebody who's just thinking about business and money, you know, and, and it's mm -hmm. sad 
that we have to deal with people who even even have family members and themselves could be really affected by this disease and they choose to act like it doesn't matter you know what i mean so um obviously the approach that um you will have taken as a leader will have been definitely different um you know i, I don't we don't have you don't have to be in the position to know what somebody will have done so so thank you for that uh, i want to i want to the last question i want to ask you um you know in the next couple of months you know we, we the election is coming up what would you like people to know about you or about you know what what what's going to happen in the future why it is important that people vote for you i think that that what we're looking at right now is scary yeah i, I think that the future has has some real scary potential and i think that we need leaders that first off they're willing to be honest you have to you have to tell people honestly what, what what's yes. going on yes. right? we, we just can't pretend it's a hoax yes because it's not a hoax I and mean, there's there's no hoax about it when 130,000 people are dead and uh, you have three million people in infected. america only in america only you have 30 30 three million people that have been infected in america only mm. and some of those people are going to have some serious health consequences as time goes on. And just because they haven't died right now doesn't mean that in a year or two from now, they're not going to die from wet lung or something yeah. of that nature that can crop up from this disorder. So, yeah, but we need to have we need to have honesty first. Mm. Uh, and then secondly, we need to have somebody that that's willing to, as you said, I, I, I may not know about all of the, the health crises that the, that the state would would be presented or other crises. Yeah. But you need to listen to what the experts say, because that's what they're there for. And then from that, you need to take that back to your community, to your district. And you need to convince the people that we're going to do what's right. We're going to do what's just. And we're going to do it for the good of all of us. Mm. And, and you need to harp on that continuously. Mm. Uh, and, you know, that's the, the, the great thing about America is, is that we're very divergent. And, yeah. and, and sometimes uh, to the point where it gets, yeah. a, it gets a little bit frightening. Yeah. But still, a good leader can take everybody from the wings yeah. and bring them all together and move on. Mm. You know, we've done it in other crises. Yeah. There's, there's no question about it. We, yeah. we, we've done it. We've been able to do it. And and I don't think we've changed all the way back from the days of the Whiskey Rebellion. Yeah. I, I don't think we've changed. Yeah. I think that we're, we're very divergent. There yeah. are people to the left and people to the right and people in the center. Yeah. And so as I see this election going forward, what I see is, is that, that I am going to paint a contrast mm -hmm. between myself and my opponent mm -hmm. because I am in the center. I don't have any uh, allegiance to a specific ideology of left or right. Mm -hmm. And I think that my opponent's to the right. Yeah. And I think that as I've, I've said all along and I've said in many of the, the articles that I've published is, is that um, good man, just ill-conceived ideas. Mm. Love that. Love that. Um, any place people should find you or look for you, um, social media or the internet? Yeah, two places. One, you can find me on Facebook. Okay. I, I've suddenly learned how to do Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. Uh, yeah. Well, in, in today's, in today's yeah. environment, this is the only way you can campaign. Yeah. So I'm on the Facebook as uh, Doc Clements for PA House. Um, 
And you can find me at my website, www.docclemens. Awesome. And that on my website, I have uh, not all of my platforms are quite there yet, but the, the, they'll shortly be, yeah. be be all up. But at least the some of the important ones are are, Perfect. are, are hitting the, face, the website. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Doug, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and guys, you already heard it. Uh, please look up the website, the Facebook page. If you have more questions for Doug, please reach out to him directly. Um, and if uh, you feel that this episode of the podcast impacted your life in a positive way, please share it so that more people around Lebanon can listen to it and uh, become aware of who Doug Clement is and why we need a new change and shift in leadership. So that being said, Doc, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you, folks, for listening to me. Yeah, you got it. Uh, all righty, guys. Thank you, and I'll see you until next time. Peace.